0: Back to do we like movies? I'm your host Angel, and I'm your demonic
1: host Javi.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> and this week we're actually talking about Paranormal Activity. Yay! <laughs> um, so this this movie came out in 2009, and of course this is October of 2019. So it is the 20. It's the 20th. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 10
1: years since this movie's been out. <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> Three, I'm sorry, (laughs) ten years, three sequels, four sequels? There's two, three, four, the one with the Mexicans, and then Ghost Dimensions.
0: Yes, the marked ones is the one you're referring to. Which one was Ghost Dimensions? Was that four? That was the last one. Okay. That supposedly, I'd never seen it, but supposedly that's the one where they were finally going to show you what the demon looked like.
1: Yeah, I think I did see it because I remember it looked lame. I think.
0: So you're not missing much. Well, fantastic. Well, here's
1: the thing about this movie. It was not meant to spawn an entire franchise. <laughs> Alright.
0: We're gonna get into this because Um Okay, so this is a found footage movie. It was released ten years after uh Blair Witch Project came out. Mm-hmm. Which Blair Witch Project for as much as people rag on it I actually still think it's an awesome movie. It may not hold up that well but it's really interesting cuz I listened
1: to I just listened to a podcast about like the making of the Blair Witch project and you're like holy crap they put in a lot there was a lot of work that went in there behind the scenes to make that movie happen. Um and it's just really interesting especially growing up around that time when Blair Witch happened or when Blair Well yeah like I will say happened cuz of the context of like how important it was as far as like the culture goes, right? Yeah. Or the zeitgeist. Haha, <laughs> no big words.
0: This was the movie that kind of launched Blumhouse. It did. The and it brought
1: back Mumble 4, whatever the, that weird
0: new horror genre, like subgenre, <laughs> where a bunch of hipsters were making horror movies. <laughs> um, so this movie is originally released in 2007. So it wasn't released until it wasn't in wide release until two years after the film was made. Mm-hmm. Um, the director is Oren Paley, and this movie is essentially three people. It is mm-hmm. uh, Mika, it is Katie, and Oren Paley, the director, who filmed this in his house. Uh, the yeah, entire, it was actually his house. The entire film cost about eleven to fifteen thousand, depending on who you talk to, mm-hmm. and it had made you know. Its budget, like back a million times over, by Mm -hmm. the end of its wide release. Um, When it first got released, it was uh, running a festival circuit. Mm -hmm. It was most famously at a horror film festival called uh, Slam Dance.
1: That sounds like a hipster, (laughs) uh, like
0: a hipster movie festival. Um, And okay, so 2009. Simpler times. (laughs) It was around the time where we, you know, we talked, uh, we did our Watchmen review and we talked about the time of our lives that we were in when that movie was coming out. Mm -hmm. This movie's in that same general time period for me. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that was different uh, compared to when we watched Watchmen is by this point, I had started listening to horror podcasts. And movie podcasts. <laughs> Fucking nerd. <laughs> and um, I remember there's a now defunct podcast called Horror Etc. Mm-hmm. That was just one of my favorite shows. And Wait, what do you mean defunct? Like They don't make episodes of it anymore. <gasps> yeah, it, like I think 2015. The hosts are around, but they just do other stuff now.
1: That's never going to happen to us, right? We're going to do this forever, right? <laughs> So this is like another
0: podcast that I listened to it, um and in one of the episodes they did a they they did a full podcast episode on found footage films mm-hmm. and they started with paranormal activity and they talked about how terrifying the movie was um, and I'll say this so this podcast made me want to watch it um, but Wait, how... Well, I'm sorry like to interrupt, but how were they able to talk about it in a non-spoilery way? No, they, there's spoilers in it. Oh, okay. I only listened to part of it. Uh, Once I got okay. to a certain point and I realized how much I actually wanted to watch it, I went and watched the movie and then... You went back to the podcast? Right. Yeah. But, so this movie, what they did is... And it, you'll probably... You've probably have forgotten about it by now. But they had this funny system where you... They basically put it online and you had to demand that it comes to your that. city. You
1: actually had to vote for it.
0: <laughs> so initially before, like I didn't watch it until it finally arrived in San Francisco.
1: And it was making rounds on college campuses first, exactly. right? Yeah. So before
0: it even ended up in San Francisco, the first theater anywhere near us that was playing it was actually Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. So I talked my then girlfriend, now my wife. And mother of your child. (laughs) Um, I was trying to talk her into going with me all the way to Santa Cruz so that we can go watch this movie. He was trying to put the moves on her. (laughs) And for whatever reason, it did not happen that time. Mm -hmm. But thankfully... Uh, just a couple weeks after that is when they finally had the midnight screening at the Metreon in San Francisco.
1: Oh my god, you want to go watch this movie at midnight?
0: I did. Oh, you fucking idiot. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is when they when they first started doing screenings in San Francisco, you could only watch it at midnight.
1: That's right. There was a time when you can like midnight releases were actually at, you know, Thursday going into Friday morning. Well,
0: especially when you're like at this time I was 19, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. I didn't sleep anyway, right? Yeah,
1: you were too busy, you know. <laughs> As
0: a 30-year-old man now, I'd much rather prefer, I, like, last week Joker came out, and I watched that movie at 6pm East Coast time. It was you and a bunch of old fogies, <laughs>
1: eating whenever old people eat, <laughs> and it just brand cereal. Are you okay. done? And Metamuse. <laughs>
0: Alright, now I'm done. Um, and so, we went to watch this movie, and I will tell you right now. I know I've seen movies that are scarier than this. I know I've seen lots of horror movies that are better than this. I've never walked out of a movie theater more, like, just terrified than of this movie. And if you talk to my wife, you would know that I came out of this theater with my hands shaking. I was so scared.
1: You know, this would normally be the moment I would interject and call you a pussy or something. But fun story, when I watched this movie, my first experience was just I was uh I'm yeah, so you were 19, 20 at the time. I think I was like 17, 18, 17, right? I remember I was still a We didn't even really hang out that much No, we weren't that really time. hanging out around this yes. time cuz I was a college, no, I'm sorry. I was in high school. I was still like a high school kid at this time. So, I remember I went to I went to the movie with my friend and halfway through the movie he like he like nudges my elbow right and you know of course like i'm trying to be all like to me the people's reactions were hilarious and i was like laughing at most of the scary parts because i was like damn people are really terrified of this now i remember halfway through the movie my friend nudges my my elbow and he goes hey why do they keep talking about demons and i was like fuck are you talking about and he goes yeah they, they keep talking about demons I thought this movie is about aliens I'm like no the fuck it's not it's about the- what the fuck movie do you think we're watching mind <laughs> you we're both completely sober like and then he goes I thought we were watching that movie with Mila Jovovich because it just so happens around the same time the fourth kind was running which was also a semi found footage movie he goes yeah I thought we were watching a movie about aliens I was like no stupid this is paranormal activity and then he goes Oh, <laughs> he just like checks out the rest of the movie. <laughs>
0: okay. So I
1: was like, oh yeah, this movie, you see, like it's not even that scary. My friend was like, didn't even know what movie we were watching. That night I go back home. I'm staying, I'm staying at home by myself. My parents went to, they, they went on vacation or something and it was like, my parents were like, oh, he's 18. He can, he can not burn the house down. <laughs> and I remember like, it's like fucking midnight and I can't sleep. And I like turn off all the lights to the house. And I immediately hear creaking. Because I have an old house. And I was just like, I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) die. This is where my story ends, boys. But So it was one of those weird movies where in the moment I wasn't afraid of it. Until I could actually digest it. And it just, you know, it's one of those things where this movie took something really mundane. And something we all experience. Which literally
0: just sleeping in our own beds. And made it terrifying. So, there's a lot of things that this movie does um, that makes it, just for me, and again, like I said, people will listen to this episode and say, I have no idea why they like this movie so much, or why whoever likes this, I like this movie, and I will, like, give it away right now. I think this movie is fantastic, and even watching it uh, last week, you know, I had to do a little business travel last week, that's why I wasn't here, and I watched it in an airport, even then, like... I hadn't watched this movie in a while, and and it kind of bleeds in with the sequels a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. because it just like it's a series that never really changes the formula until like the until the marked ones. So it's it's where they're like,
1: "What will brown people do in this situation?"
0: (laughs) Um, But you know, it's it's it's. But rewatching the original one again, I realize that there's a lot of. I just remembered my first experience watching it, and it's one of those things where it's like. Have you ever seen those documentaries where they talk about how people couldn't stand to stay in a movie theater when The Exorcist came out? and yeah, people were like fainting and, oh my lord. It's the closest thing that we'll ever get to that. Or yeah, at least that people around my age will ever get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not Blair Witch. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> um, I think
1: we've definitely missed the mark on Blair Witch by like 10 years. Yeah.
0: I mean, I watched Blair Witch a couple years after it came out and I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. But it I, <clears> I, <throat> I I wasn't there for the hype.
1: And that's the thing. I think this is this movie is different because we did get to experience the yeah. hype. Especially you, because this movie was definitely accessible for someone who was in their late teens, early twenties. Yeah, these characters
0: know? were probably about six or seven years older than they're like I was what, twenty
1: three,
0: twenty four. Yeah, a little. Old. They seem a little older. Yeah, than they. That. Oh yeah. Mike, well, Michael looks forty, right? <laughs> but um, I, I'll say this: one of the things that makes this movie super effective to me <clears throat> is growing up. One of my favorite ghost house movies of all time still is Poltergeist. Nope. Yep. But Poltergeist, like, those were not neighborhoods like I lived in. Mm-hmm. Those were not houses like the ones I lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it just wasn't, it, like, you know, to me it didn't have, like, the most sustainable reality. Yeah. And I was in the 90s, I wasn't in the 80s, so yeah. it just didn't really strike me that way. This movie happened to make a San Diego townhouse. The that suburb. Lo- yeah, that, in the that, burbs. That looks like... Almost where anyone now lives, like it looks like my place. Mm-hmm. It's just this like obviously my place is a lot smaller, but it just looks like this very modern, mm-hmm. really nice place that two people have like decorated and made it. like there's just nothing peculiar about it. yeah, but the stuff that happens in this house is mm-hmm. fucking terrifying. yeah and um, yeah, when I got out of this movie and I had to go home, and I had to, like, go to sleep, and I had everyone in my house at that time, my sister, and my parents... I had to put on, like, Batman the Animated Series, (laughs) like, my DVD, and I just, like, watched three episodes before I could even think of sleeping. must have been nice. It was
1: just me and my dark thoughts. (laughs) I was calling my friend at, like, you know, fucking three in the morning. Do you want to hang out? And he's like, no. (laughs) But then it was my friend. Like, nothing bothers him. He's the type of dude that he just... He just doesn't get scared,
0: so I was like, "Oh, it must be nice, you fuck." <laughs> so this movie revolves around a you know twenty something couple. Uh, oh, those damn millennials! Even though they're like,
1: I mean, they have to be like Gen Xers. Well, they're pro. The,
0: it's proto millennials. It's it that was, weird. Like, it was like what we were talking about with uh, with Five Hundred Days of Summer, right? Mm-hmm. Like this was the time period where Pete, where millennials were barely starting to buy homes, go into the workplace. And starting to become adults.
1: Yeah, that's how you can tell this is a fucking movie. Yeah, some people in their mid twenties owning their own home is bullshit.
0: <laughs> well, it's also a little like there, there's. It, it's also still a little dated. And that's how you can tell it's two thousand six in this movie. <laughs> because this was pre. Because the movie was completed in, in 07. so it's mm-hmm. pre iPhone. People were still using razor phones here. Yeah. Oh uh, my god, I miss razor. The entire movie shot with a camcorder. Yeah, with like it was. a giant like camcorder Mm -hmm. and um you know the laptop computers are (laughs) are like the computers that i had when i first started college that were Mm. probably running on windows xp or windows vista by this time so
1: you're such a 19 nerd
0: (laughs) (laughs) um and it's just you know it, it takes me back to a time place but you know uh katie and Mika. Uh, Mika, both live in this suburban San Diego home. Mika Katie's, was I think, a day trader, and then Katie's like a student. What's a day trader? Mm. That's
1: some white people shit. <laughs> I don't know. Someone that works the stock market, I guess?
0: I, I d- only know that because he mentioned stocks at some point. Stonks? <laughs> <laughs> Stonks going up. Like, oh, now I
1: know how we're going to announce this episode. <laughs> But yeah, he's like, you know, he's like your proto-douche-bro like, that's just kind of like... he <laughs> Mika is
0: 2007 toxic masculinity as a person. He
1: is literally all of a... Remember when you guys cringe at your younger self? This is Mika.
0: <laughs> and, like, oh, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. Mika is like the new metal of people. Oh my god, what <laughs> he needs
1: is a stupid lip ring to be
0: extra douchey. Um... But they have a really nice house. Uh, Yeah. Obviously, he's doing good on the stongs. Yeah, his stongs are great because his girlfriend is only a student. Yeah. And doesn't even appear to have a job. But the conceit works because if Mika works from home and Katie doesn't have a job, then this movie is locked down to a single location most of the time. You got nowhere to go. Which, there you go. There's your budget. We never leave this house. I know, and it's freaking crazy because it supposedly
1: takes... Place over three weeks, right, Mm -hmm. or the equivalent of like three weeks. I think it ends on day or night nineteen or whatever the fuck. So it's one of those things where it's like, how you know, you if if you want to find a plot hole, why are these people always at home? Boom,
0: right there. Like the guy works from home, she's a student, obviously. Like you know, they're balling on a budget, and the plot is a bare bones plot. But I like that things like you know, like I like the way information is revealed to you. Yeah. So the you start by watching Mika, you know, film whatever's around. Oh, but even before you see the first frame of footage, this movie doesn't have any ending credits or beginning Mm -hmm. credits. It just just has a title card. Yeah. And uh, where it says, you know, Paramount Pictures would like to thank the families of, you know, these. Katie Feather. I'll say this: I forgot to mention this before we really get into it, but. The rights for this film were bought from Slam... Like, you know, after the Slam dance and all the, the, like, festival run that this went on. Mm -hmm. uh, Paramount Pictures bought the rights to this movie. Like,
1: immediately after the screening,
0: right? And their immediate reaction, and even Oren Peli, like, has said this in interviews, was they were going to make a remake of this. With famous
1: people. With famous people as
0: the actors. Uh, Oren Paley was pretty excited about it because he said he would have been able to do a lot of what he didn't do mm-hmm. in this film because it was, you know, because of the low budget that he had. Mm-hmm. There is a legend around this film that says that uh, that the film was being shopped uh, for Spielberg to produce it. Yeah. And that apparently Spielberg took it to his home, <laughs> he watched it, and that it scared him so badly that he, like, took it back to Paramount Pictures in a garbage bag. Really? <laughs> I he've... don't know if that's true. It's well, just what I heard on the internet around the time. What I
1: did read on the internet was that, you know, I guess a little bit more fact than fiction was that um, Spielberg opted to, n- like, just, just told, uh, what's his name, Oren? Oren mm-hmm. Paley. Oren Paley to just kind of keep it as is. That he liked the fact that there was no name actors. It that wasn't what
0: like. I heard. What I do? Well, well, are you calling IMDb liars? No, no, no. But what I heard was that it was audience. So, so the idea was that they were they were gonna remake this film, but the original Oren Paley version of this movie was gonna be included in the DVD release of this film as a bonus feature. Mm. And apparently they started, once they started actually screening this for audiences, that's when people started, basically they, they had found out, we don't need to do anything else here. And all they really did was uh, infuse a little bit more money into the budget, mm-hmm. went back and shot some additional scenes. Cleaned it up a little bit, made right. it look nice. But yeah, I mean, for the most part,
1: a lot of people are just like, no, like you like having... Have you seen the festival cut of this movie? No, I haven't. I have. I watched it on Amazon, Amazon Prime.
0: All right, so I own this film, but when the original movie did come out ten years ago, I did procure. Oh, <laughs> you fucking stole it! <laughs> a, a festival copy of this film. In oh,
1: well, the FBI is coming so fucking hard down on us right now. Um,
0: so I, I, I can, I can speak to the differences in the film, mm-hmm. and I'll say this. I like what they did with the re-edits of this movie. Mm -hmm. Even though there's one thing that is missing from the original version of this film that I do wish is here. What is it? I'll get into it. Oh, you bitch. (laughs) Don't fucking tease me like that. Uh, But, you know, so uh, Katie pulls into the driveway. Mm -hmm. and that's when you hear it revealed from them that they're going to have a psychic that's going to come and visit them
1: they have a lot of exposition go on very quick like they throw a lot of information at you in the first couple minutes like in that time they tell you about the psychic coming on that weird stuff's been happening around the house they tell you
0: Mika makes a lot of money because apparently that's like a five thousand dollar camera yeah and he said it only cost half of what i made today
1: Mm -hmm. oh it must be nice (laughs) Uh and
0: then the fact
1: that you know they they've alluded to they allude to this like barely starting up recently but katie talks about how it's Something that's been happening her whole life, and it's something that's been following her. And well, I was you, like, Yeah,
0: you, it's like you just know that something is happening in their home.
1: You don't know what, you have no idea yet, but you know that it's serious enough that Micah had
0: to go get a really stupid, expensive camera for yeah. I only know because the original subtitle to this movie, when it was doing the festival run, it was originally called Paranormal Activity, colon, Evidence of a Haunting. So mm-hmm. I knew it was a haunted house movie, for sure. Oh, is that why they took it out? I was not aware of what was haunting them. I thought it was a straight-up ghost movie. mm mm-hmm. um, What I like about this that's different from Blair Witch Project, because the big, giant complaint that people have always had with Blair Witch Project, and even with Cloverfield, is the camera moves too much mm-hmm. and makes me queasy. So what this movie does that's kind of brilliant is... Most of the stuff that's going to happen is going to happen when the camera is stationary yep. in a single position, and it's pointing out into the hallway, down the stairs, and you're watching them sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of creepy to have an open door where you're just looking into the darkness the entire time.
1: People that sleep with their door open are psychopaths, and I'm
0: convinced of it, All right. I sleep with my door open. You fucking psycho. Well... We sleep with that door open because... Many, yeah, yeah, we get it. You have a daughter. God. Yeah, many of the times she actually will come into the room if she wants to come and sleep with us. Yeah,
1: there's no... They're only going to get it. There's no ghosts here. The only demon here is your scene. <laughs>
0: she wails like a banshee and <laughs> runs into your home. Oh my god, she has terrified me at night. Sometimes. She's
1: worse than any demon you can
0: think of. <laughs> I think one of the most frightening things that ever happened was once she came in and then just smacked me on the ass really hard to wake me up. And then you almost farted in her face. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh so, you god. know, the um, this psychic ends up coming over who looks like a low-rent Steve Martin. <laughs> And uh, they, basically, that's where Katie reveals to him that this is something that she's been dealing with her, her entire life. She mentions that there was a fire in her childhood home mm-hmm. where they lost everything. Um, she is obviously terrified about this, and Mika is not taking this seriously at all.
1: Oh, not at all.
0: Mika is a highly unlikable character, and it begins immediately right here.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like, you know, gentlemen... That anyone listening to this podcast? If you're ladies and, like, think something's important, at least pretend it's important to you. Well, to me... He does not even give her that. He's a total douche about it. It's
0: one of those things where it's like, and I don't want to take it in a giant, serious direction, but it's like, you know, um, when you hear about how, let's say something like heart attacks go widely on, like, you know, on... on uh. John Oliver was once talking about how stuff like strokes and heart attacks go largely unrecognized in women. Because doctors and medical professionals don't believe them. hmm I think it's very... Unfortunately, Mika is very dismissive of everything that bothers her him with Katie. And me, as someone who's been married for four years, I will tell you that if that's the kind of attitude that you're going to have with your significant other, it's going to last long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You need to absolutely believe when your partner (laughs) is dealing with something that you can't understand.
1: Oh, these dizzy dames always talking about their damn demons and
0: their (laughs) ovaries shrinking? Um, so he, he basically tells him that you actually need to see a demonologist because what's happening to you isn't a haunting, it's not a ghost, it is something that's inhuman and it's a demon. So you see, the moment someone
1: that's a sidekick, now here's the thing, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a skeptic. I tend to be a skeptic. You would think that that would be something kinda you'd want to follow up on and not be a total douche turd <laughs> At least, again, just for your girlfriend's like, you know, like, uh, peace of mind, Right? So, yeah, they really hammer in home how you, you know, Micah isn't, Micah, Mika, however you pronounce it, isn't really the most, you know, believing of guys. He wants to think of logic over fantasy or whatever. Um, and, you know, he actually starts trying to taunt the demon and, you know, he talks a lot of shit or At this point, they still think it's a ghost, right?
0: Well, at this point, it's still kind of playful. And they're still kind of just joking around with it. Mm -hmm. Because even though it's something that Katie is scared of, she is allowing herself to be taken on this wild experiment with Mika. Mm -hmm.
1: So, three nights in. I think that's when she, the first time she wakes up in the middle of the night and just stares at him, right? And now I remember when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's not that. I mean, yeah, it's creepy, but I mean, what's really creepy about it is when you start noticing that the the calendar the time stamp yes There's goes a... for like four hours, yeah. and you're just like, holy shit, that is. This terrifying. film
0: tells you what time of night it is that she's getting up, mm-hmm. and it's got the and and one of the things that happens is the time lapse, yeah, and that's where it does get very creepy, like mm-hmm. you said. And then, then the first time that she does this, she just goes back to bed after that.
1: Yeah, no, and nothing ever happens afterward, or, you know, like, uh, no, you know, no, nothing too crazy, the escalation doesn't get too bad. The
0: other great thing this film does is that every single time this demonic presence is near them, there is a, you know, low, rumbling bass sound, yeah. and it's, you know, I watch this in the Metreon in San Francisco which mm-hmm. has probably the best like it, it was the first IMAX theater yeah. in the area right so that loud bass just rumbled and throttled through the entire theater mm-hmm. and it's just one of those things where it puts you on edge yeah and what it makes me think about is uh, you know how like I, I'm I'm kind of a skeptic as well, to be totally honest. Like, and and part of it is where they talk about how one of the things that that's a common cause of people who think their home is haunted, quote unquote, is your house may have really old pipes. Mm-hmm. And there's also just noises that you hear specifically in houses and with pipes. It's like this, it's this one pitch of sound that. That is not always, like... That you can't always hear, like, you know, mm-hmm. just, like, loudly. Like, it's not something that's just so noticeable. Mm-hmm. But it's a pitch of sound that is so strong that it, like, immediately scares you and mm-hmm. kind of, like, causes you to, like... You can see any... Like, it can make you delirious. That's yeah. how, like That's how much it just shocks you and throws you off balance.
1: Like, it's so crazy how much you can hack the human body into... Like, going into stages of fight or flight, you know, just based on sound, based on, like... So
0: using that low, rumbling bass sound builds all the tension you need. There's no music in this film. It's funny, because I haven't seen this
1: movie in about ten years, so I forgot about the rumbling, uh, the rumbling bass, and I was watching it at home, and I don't really have the best sound setup so I had to watch it with, uh, with subtitles on. And I didn't even notice it until I saw the subtitle that says, Low Ominous Rumbling. <laughs> and um, what, one thing that I do appreciate this movie does is they do such a good job of just showing you, as opposed to telling you,
0: this is a part that's scary, you know? it's what It does what Blair Witch Project did not do. Mm. Because Blair Witch Project, it did a lot of the sound stuff good. Like, there's some fucking terrifying stuff in Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah. Specifically, when they're sitting in the tent and they hear, like, what sounds like this, like, either kids outside or some... It sounds like an adult with a creepy voice trying to be a kid. Mm-hmm. Like there's like that one section of that. That is the scariest part of that movie. It's me. a
1: fucking trippy ass movie, and I actually want to do it one day as a podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it's just one of those things where it it you know they 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 know how to they know how to how to play the game. I think is the best way to do. It. They know how it to was... manipulate things to show you. You know, to, to, to show you that you should be afraid
0: of that. And for know. context too, like this was the decade of torture porn. Mm-hmm. Saw basically ran the odds in terms of. The only... It, it was the only remaining horror... <laughs> yeah, it was the only It was the only horror franchise that really dominated the 2000s. Yeah, and I mean, still is. And this day. movie was just a radical departure from that. Because it went for something that was so simple. But it did just enough. And it did everything at the exact perfect moment. Mm-hmm. Because just a few days after the... You know, what happens with Katie where she's standing up and staring at Mika. There's the night where they're in bed together... And they hear, like, either, like, the demon scream followed by, like, a A bang bang. sound. Yeah. And that, like, again, is one of those things that, like, scares everybody. And it's one of those things where, it's like, it's them waking up and they're like, do you hear that? Do you hear that? And then, like, and and it's just up until that point, all the sound is so subtle Mm -hmm. that you're just, like, that you are just forcing yourself to try to listen for what it is. And then, like, as soon as they're up and they're all looking, like, outside the window, that's when you hear the sound followed by the crash. And everybody in my theater just screamed and jolted up. It, You know, I think I refer to the Conjuring movies as
1: jump-scare movies. This is, like, jump sound, the movie. Like, it's all, like, you know, we talked about it when we talked about uh, A Quiet Place, right? It's like, this movie just does such a good job manipulating sound. Because there is no ambient noise. There's no background music or anything. It's just, no. They're it's- just really good at manipulating like the sound in the movie to make you so focused on the silence to suddenly just...
0: Hates. There's a movie that does this visually, mm-hmm. so this is the greatest audio example of that. The greatest visual example of that is Signs, the 2002 Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix mm-hmm. movie, where Joaquin Phoenix is watching the video from Brazil, yeah. where all the kids are like looking for the alien, and you just see these bushes moving, uh-huh. and you're like trying to see where you where you can find this alien in the bushes. And I remember the first time I watched this movie, I watched it with a bunch of my relatives. And I was, like, trying very hard to see it. And then the moment that you see that full-bodied, tall alien walk across the driveway, I, like, screamed audibly <laughs> and, like, just kind of bounced back. Yeah. And that was what this what this uh, section of that was, yeah. right? Um, nobody likes the idea of being awoken by sounds at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just, like, it, it's... it's There's nothing that they could have shown that would have Mm -hmm. been as frightening. The footsteps are hard. It's a big thing coming after you. Big boot footsteps. There's a giant shadow that appears in their white door that Mm -hmm. you'll see in... It's just it hits all the right notes. You picture what the demon could look like because at some point Mika's looking at a book that's yeah. got different drawings of demons. Yeah. So you have an idea of what you think this thing is gonna look like. Big old Baphomet looking <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> and because I knew that this movie was was infused with more studio dollars in it. I actually thought I was gonna see what the demon looked like. So. I'm glad
1: they didn't. I'm glad this mo- the entire movie. Don't see what it is because yep. it makes it more terrifying. It yep. makes it more terrifying. Like there's nothing scarier than what you have in your mind. Mm-hmm. Because again, like you already, like you mentioned, like you, they give you enough details to have a good idea of what the creature could look like, but nothing can be scarier than what you think it might look like. You right. know. Um, so I think that it was great they didn't show this movie. That's why I'm actually really disappointed, I think, in Ghost Dimensions when you do see it. Which, I, I don't know, I don't remember if I saw it or not. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> uh, Mika
0: does v- EVP to try to record the, uh, He does all your science and nerd
1: shit, yeah.
0: Um, which he does actually catch, like, uh, the growling sound. <laughs> yeah, when on. he said,
1: do you want me to use a Ouija board so you can talk? And he's yep.
0: like... Rrr. Yeah, of course. Oh, and it's just like, you know... Obviously, as the audience, you're like, no, don't do that. And even the psychic has told them. Don't do, do that. Not, do not invite it out to play. Because it's you know? not
1: going to play. It's going to fuck
0: your shit up. Plus, if anybody's watched The Exorcist, like that's how everything starts in The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. It's Regan playing with the Ouija board. It's so ridiculous that...
1: It's like rule number one. Everyone knows you don't play
0: with dead things. And this mother, this stupid
1: motherfucker, thinks, "Hey, you don't have a great idea. Let me piss off the demon by like challenging its masculinity, and then give it an invitation into the house."
0: Well, I mean, let's be honest. Mika is a very privileged person that has probably lived a life where he is able to control everything, and that's even the thing that angers him the most when he and Katie fight. Mm-hmm. One of the things that actually makes him really pissed off This is my girlfriend. No. I'm gonna protect her Well no 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 it's when it's when Katie gets angry and says, You know what? You're not in control. Oh yeah. It's yeah, in yeah. control.
1: And that's when he became a little
0: <laughs> that's when he had a little bitch fit about it. Yeah, no, it was absolutely like it, you know, it's again, you're watching the deterioration of the relationship that they have Along with all of these things that are occurring at the same time.
1: I love movies where there's no subtext. It's all about monsters. This is just a demon and not in any way representing the slow decline of, of this relationship as it breaks down before <laughs> us.
0: Well, I think part of, the pro- part of what it's trying to tell you, too, is that if you have someone who's dealing with demonic possession, it's not only going to affect them in terms of everyone in the house is going to see demon shit, it just means that it, it could cause all sorts of problems in your personal life. It's something that feeds off of the pain of others, right? Like, that is what the psychic was talking about.
1: Yeah, no symbolism there at all. Just a <laughs> scary story
0: about demons and chicks. Uh, Mika does eventually get in a Ouija board. Dumbass. <laughs> and uh <laughs> fun fact do- about the Ouija board, a uh, director went out
1: and got it into Costco. So if remember, children, if you want to go summon a demon, just go down. Milton Bradley has got your back. <laughs> They'll give you a divining board for the low, low price. It's nineteen ninety nine. And
0: your eternal soul. <laughs> yeah.
1: You gotta believe in that thing to have it, I guess.
0: (laughs) I do like when Katie gets really angry and she sees it, because obviously she told him not to mess with it. But then she goes, I told you not to go mess with this shit, and then you went off and you got the best fucking Ouija board I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) It was funny, because it's a totally an angry girlfriend thing to say,
1: like... and that like you know what i will give them this talking about um, mika and katie they feel know. like a real couple. they feel like a real couple they yeah. are very legitimate they have really good like they feel rapport. like people
0: who they feel like people who have been together a long time and yeah. people who have lived together for a while as and
1: well. i love the fact that they didn't really have a script just general guidelines and kind of improv a lot of it
0: it also doesn't tell you anything about their families in this. No, not at uh, all. The yeah. only other person that shows up besides the psychic is Katie's friend. Who shows up, like, just one, in one scene of the film. Yeah. Um, Was it her friend or her sister? No, it's not her sister. It's her friend. hmm For sure. Um, but it's just... Because this is before we even... I mean, you knew she had a sister, but it's like... You get the impression that they probably moved far away from where their families are. Because none of their families... They they don't ever talk to their parents or anything like that.
1: Yeah, but also they have... I don't know, they could have those weird relationships where they don't want to talk to their parents. Yeah, for
0: sure. Well, I mean, also the sequels explain why like, Katie wouldn't talk to her parents. Well, of course. But I'm saying, like <laughs> in, for the context of this movie... They seem like people who are used to just being together with each other... And, uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just. The moment something weird happens, I'm calling my mama. <laughs> um, the other experiment that. So, when the Ouija board happens, this is actually something that was added by the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ouija board, uh, they go out on a date night, and while they're on date night, the camera is pointing to the coffee table where the Ouija board is. Yeah. And you just. And you see the plants all blowing like if there's a wind that's appeared and that's That's right yeah yeah then you see the Ouija board start moving and then it just lights on fire and that was enough to scare everyone in the audience when we were watching it. I thought that was pretty rad yeah (laughs) it was fantastic it is really good and it's really it's really simple a movie that has been given the studio money that this was it, you have to commend them for fighting the urge to put. The,
1: yeah, they, it wasn't like George Lucas throwing studio money and putting in stupid scenes that weren't that had right are, no purpose. We yeah. are
0: we are, we are watching a series where a director has gone back to the movie several times to add new things into it, mm-hmm. and they fought the urge to do that here. They yep. added stuff here and there, but the kind of stuff that they added is actually a lot more simple mm-hmm. because there's a scene that that's more sensational that gets pulled in. So, at one point, I don't know if you remember, Mika goes online and he, in a website. Yeah, and he finds the girl that was also possessed in the 60s? Yeah. Yeah, he finds Who that had website. the same mm-hmm. symptoms that Katie has. So, the original festival cut of this movie, that's actually a subplot. Really? And one of the things that you end up seeing in the movie is through Mika's computer, you end up watching her entire exorcism. Mm-hmm. And in it, you see, eventually, she gets the demon face that you see. Mm. And it ends with her chewing her arm off. Holy shit! That's kind
1: of cool. But
0: because they do it in that fuzzy, quick time video, of black yeah. and white. Because it's still 2006. Yeah, you don't even, you don't have to worry about, like, you know, like F- any special CGI or special yeah, effects. Yeah. It was just enough to give you the effect of how scary it was. That's fucking weird. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, you so you watch a couple videos of Diane, mm-hmm. you hear her angry demon voice, you see her angry demon face. I do miss that part of it, mm-hmm. because to me, I, and I watched that one at home. Yeah. Like, I thought that that was one of the creepier parts of the entire film.
1: Now, you see, this is really interesting. Because as someone that's only seen this this film, right the 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 studio one, the post whatever, I feel that if this was a standalone movie and they weren't going to turn this into a franchise, it would have been great to have that. Yes. Now, but because and I think maybe it was one of those things where I, I don't know. This is just me putting in my tinfoil hat. Is one of those things where they saw this money and they were like, "Yo," or well, yeah, they saw this money because they thought this movie could print a shit zillion dollars. They're like, "Hey, if we turn this into a franchise, we're gonna eventually show all this shit, so we can take that out and like just infer it." Because you know, I think I'm because I watched this under the context and
0: you, you know, know the series of the series.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm glad they took it out, but yeah, if this would have been a standalone movie. Um, which I'll go into my thoughts that I really do think it should have. I would have loved to see that scene, and maybe one day I will. Not mm-hmm. right now because it's nighttime and I got to drive to my car and <laughs> I mean walk to my car, and it's a long walk from our studio.
0: <laughs> um, Mika also does the experiment where he puts baby powder on the floor. Oh fuck you! This really scared me. This is so no okay.
1: That's what it is. Is this movie does a really good job making you feel uncomfortable? It plays on a lot of different fucking fears. The fear of being watched.
0: It does two things. It does two things. It makes you say... Like, it tells you, we're not going to do the cartoonish demon stuff. Mm -hmm. So what you're going to see is not going to be a demon the way you would picture it, like, you know, in a video game or something Mm -hmm. wild like that. At the same time... You get the baby powder that goes on the floor, and you get these three toed footprints. So fucking. So you're just like, what the
1: fuck? And then it's. And then, like, during the baby powder scene. Like you were saying earlier, it's just fucking stomping. So you know this monster's huge, and you're just like, holy fucking shit. And the worst part is it just stands there.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a the night too. There's also that night where they end up like going into the hallway, and they look at the chandelier that's swinging. Mm-hmm. And while it's swinging, they hear growling or like a groaning, a mm-hmm. brrr, like, like something. Uh, there's the night where Katie goes sleepwalking. Yeah. She goes into the backyard, and, and she's sitting just in the backyard there, swing. Yeah. And everybody was terrified because Mika's standing out there and while he's standing out there, the low bass voice is like, is going and yeah. it's just, every time they hear something and Mika grabs the camera to go, you're just following his point of view. Yeah. So as he's turning on lights, that's when you're like, oh, is this when it's going to pop up now? Yeah, and you're just waiting that for it. And it's just like, and it just doesn't do that. It doesn't do yeah. that. It doesn't jump scare you. But it does enough stuff to scare you that you don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that it's going to hit you with a jump scare. you
1: are It's one of those movies where you're always expecting the jump scare and it never shows up. And you almost want it to show up. Because you want to just get it over with. You want to release some tension. Yeah, you're just like, please, I don't want to feel this way anymore. <laughs> and it doesn't let you have that.
0: Yeah. And, so, I and then the swing part where he goes out to get her a blanket. He goes back in the house to get her a blanket. And then on the way back, he just bumps right into her, like, yeah. suddenly. And, and she just, was
1: like, what are you doing, stupid? Yeah, oh, it's I'm just... going
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much every
1: drunk girlfriend after a bender. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, you know, and then the next day she doesn't remember, right? Well, it also plays just on a fear, like, of you're with somebody else. Like, you're not alone in the house. But you're the only one that's seeing something. Yeah. And the other person is not seeing it with you. Mm hmm. You know? There's something. There's got to be
1: something about gaslighting I can throw in there. But (laughs) I want to keep this a very
0: light (laughs) podcast. (laughs) But anyway. But Mika doesn't take any of it seriously. Or even when it does start getting serious, mm -hmm. he just keeps saying, well, we'll take care of it. We're not going to call the dude We don't need to call.
1: Yeah. Like he keeps (laughs) convincing Katie. To not call him to the point where it's kind of... You know, at a certain point, you're fucked. Because, you know, he actually leaves the country for a little bit. And it's like when they need him the most. And it's all because Mika, one, didn't take this serious from the beginning. And two, thought he was... You know, he can handle it. And and just decided to keep pissing it off. And that's the worst part. Is the... You know, like... You know, the... What's his name? The, the, the psychic tells him that it feeds off negative energy. And... Here's the thing, it's not negative like spiritual energy, it's the vibes we give off. So unknowingly, they are have made this demon stronger just by fighting. Yeah. You know? And it's one of those things where it's like you are creating your own monster and it's like it plays on that whole fear there's no one to blame but yourself. Because you know how to weaken the thing. You know how to stop it. But at that point, it's too late. You've already fucking given the... You've already given the fucking bear a chainsaw. So now it's going to
0: fuck you up. There is the scene where um, they hear another bang at night. And they go into the closet. And in the closet, you look up at that little mini attic ceiling. Mm -hmm. And you see that it's been popped open.
1: Is that when the door got slammed?
0: Yeah. Oh my god, and he chases it. <laughs> uh... And then Mika goes, so Mika goes up and, uh, and looks in there. And again, when Mika's grabbing the camera and he's going to take the camera up there for you to see what's up there, I thought that was going to be a jump scare. No, you're totally expecting it. Yeah, I like, and that's the thing, it's like all of that tension. And then it's funny, the moment Mika says, what the hell is that? And he's like referring to the picture of Katie that was in there. Mm -hmm. The moment he said, what the hell is that? Three women behind me just screamed really loud. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's again, this movie was working on such a level. Yeah. And that it was just hitting everyone in the right place. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's like, I was not the only terrified person in this theater. Everyone else was as well.
1: You're like, I wasn't scared. You're scared, shit's
0: pants. Um, I'm not crazy about the picture stuff. I was like, all right, fine. This is more backstory next position. I wasn't really that interested in it. Because it was just like, it felt like it was there.
1: Yeah. Like, it was just thrown in. And I was like, why? Yeah, Like, it doesn't... It, the only thing it leads to is for Katie saying, oh my god, I haven't seen this picture in like 20
0: years or yeah. however long she says. I don't know why we keep replacing which is, 10 which with a, 20. Which is a little melodramatic and whatever. I wasn't that interested. And in. I was like, well, this took a... <laughs> <laughs> but um, after this, it starts, you know, there's the night that it lifts up the blankets over Katie. Yeah. And then it starts occurring in the daytime. Mm -hmm. The daytime, you are now getting... And the other thing, so, the Diane subplot, one of the things that it was replaced with was this daytime scene where, uh, where the picture frame is broken, Mm. where it's like the demon has apparently punched the the Mika side of the picture. (laughs) Because the demon's name is Kyle. (laughs) And, um... What's it called? The best part about that, you know, because I was like, oh, this isn't really scary. That part isn't scary. Mm-hmm. Then the camera turned over pans to Katie, and that's when Katie is like looking very terrified and says, it's standing right next to me right now. And that's when you see like her hair blow like if a yeah. wind went by. And yep. that scared everybody in my theater too. Mm-hmm. Like, and it scared me. Like, this, it was just and even now it's like I forgot about that section of it and it just creeped me out too mm-hmm. just watching it this last time and I love the fact that
1: stuff happens during the day because it it just it tells you how serious the situation is
0: there's no reprieve right it's yeah. one of those things where it's it's one of those things where in the beginning, during the daytime seems you're safe.
1: Yeah, you feel safe because it's just them being a couple. But suddenly you got this horrible thing happening. And the other thing is, that as I was watching it this time, I noticed, you know, there's that whole occult angle of the witching hour at three in the morning, right? Being the devil's time. And that's when a lot of the creepy haunting stuff does happen. But this is the first time it doesn't. Yeah. It does not happen at three in the morning, you know? So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so it was bound by night. and Now it's like, you done fucked up. It can attack you during the day and it can do whatever it wants.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, they're they're becoming even more emotionally distant than ever.
1: Yep, they Um, try to invite the psychic over to help the help, you know, the psychic tells them to fuck off, pretty
0: much. The psychic is frightened, and then it frightens you as the audience, too, because you're like, what the hell's gonna happen now? It's like, he's the only guy that could've helped you, he's
1: the guy that's wanted to help you since the beginning, and not even he wants to help you, you know? And it's one of those things, like, they, they just feel hopeless, and you transfers that hopelessness to you as the as the, the audience. audience. And mm-hmm. you're just like, fuck, dude. Uh, and then, f- you know, finally, my favorite night. And I know your least favorite night because it plays on your biggest fear. It,
0: okay, this, <laughs> this is why I was so terrified of this movie. This is why I had trouble sleeping the night yeah. I watched this movie. This is why, this is the one scene... In movies in general, that triggers me. Mm. Like, in general. And that's when Katie, her foot is outside the blanket. Stupid. Everyone knows you're protected if you're under the blankets. (laughs) And she gets yanked from her feet off the bed. And it just, the scariest part about that is that you know that they probably tied like a wire or just a rope around her foot to do it. But it's just the sound, there's this sound that's made when her leg like splits to the side. Yeah. And she just bolts awake as she's being dragged down the hallway into the darkness. And it's like a
1: hardwood floor, so you hear the squeaking as she's like trying to hold on to something. And she's
0: screaming Mika's name, waking him up. And you're just like, fuck, could you imagine being woken up in the middle of the night to that? Like, not even just being... Okay, it's frightening to to be the one that experiences that. It's also highly frightening to wake up in the middle of the night and have your partner, like or you know, the, whoever is sleeping in bed with you be dragged into the hallway. And you're like you have to immediately wake up and immediately chase after them without knowing without what knowing what find. the fuck
1: you're running into. Uh, it, it is
0: story time, ladies
1: and gents. <laughs> I remember I texted you this right after, or, you know, while I was watching it, right? So when my girlfriend and I were getting serious and she started, like, staying over at my place, I remember, you know, one night, you know, we fell asleep pretty late, we were watching a movie, and I'm I'm a very heavy sleeper. I've slept through earthquakes, I've slept through, like, you know, uh, rains, like, thunderstorms, I've slept through a lot of heavy shit, you know? And I remember it was like, and it was one of those things, it was like at three in the morning, too. <laughs> I remember, like, my, you know, like, she, she'd she stayed over my house before my girlfriend and, like, slept like a log. But this one time, she jerks, like, herky jerks herself awake and, like, gasps like she's running out of air. Oh, which Katie does in this movie. Yes! And that's why I wo- it woke me up and I got so fucking scared that she was like either choking one of two things I thought she was choking or she was being attacked by a demon and I'm like this is it I'm gonna die and I just grab her and I'm just like "Don't, don't get pulled don't get pulled away and the whole time i was like it's okay it's okay like nothing wrong nothing bad is gonna happen to you because again my mind went to this scene and then she tells me she goes like the next day she goes yeah my dream was about someone taking my oranges or some shit <laughs> <laughs> but i was like it, it's one of those things where when i saw this scene i was like and eh, whatever but i guess like you said you have that fear of being woken up And you have to react right away.
0: I was like, fuck this, dude. Relationships are overrated. Well, this is the thing. It's like this movie has effectively now convinced you that this very modern townhouse in San Diego filled with these young people, like the most hip modern thing you can imagine is now dealing with an ancient, scary evil that you would only think of in, like, gothic old horror movies. You
1: no, know, uh, when you said that, I just thought of Homer Simpson in the devil suit. <laughs> Spitting his table.
0: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, that that is it for me. Um, You're like, nope, I'm done, fuck this movie. <laughs> and then that's when, I think by that point in time, like, from there on out, she's possessed. That, yeah, that's the vibe you get, right? She's fully possessed because the next. Whoa. There, no,
1: there is one. I think it was after the bite that she's possessed. Oh. I have a feeling it
0: was after the bite. But I think the thing bit her when it dragged her out of bed. Did it? Yeah.
1: I thought I dragged, I thought I bit her the next day. No,
0: the next morning is because remember Mita's... they're arguing and then she starts crying. No, but it's still. It was. It was after she got dragged out of bed. Mm-hmm. that that's when Mika comes up to her and asks her how she's feeling, and she basically says she's not feeling good. That's where she lifts up the sweater and shows that she has the bite.
1: Okay, so, I mean, regardless, I think we're both right. Yeah, <laughs> like, it yeah was we're right both here. right. She is... We're
0: both right. I'm just trying to work out the chronology yeah, here yeah, with yeah. you. But... It gets a little weird. <laughs> but, so, then she gets that. Um, there's the weird, strange moment where, for some reason... Kate, he's just they they start arguing, and then that's when Mika says, "Why don't you go up there play with your friend?" Mm-hmm. Or like you're the one who didn't tell me about the, like you know yeah things. like he's like, just doing a full, total your dick. dick. Here? And you know what? To a certain point, like this is the one time where I'll kind of excuse him. He's being he's been a total dickhole this entire time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like. This is something that's now effectively gotten to him. Mm-hmm. So they're both just frustrated. They're yeah, because he was trying they're to They're both remain, sleep deprived.
1: Like, I get it. He was trying to remain cool and whatnot, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, bro, you know you're going to regret saying those things later. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and then, you know, and they do kind of like a contrast in the, where in the beginning of the movie you're watching uh, Mika and Katie eat food uh, right before they're going to bed and they're both like, you know, really happy and all that kind of stuff, but then at this point in time you see them both like eating and they're stone quiet and they hear noises upstairs and they just kind of look upstairs and then they just go back to eating and they're so like kind of... Done. Uh, they are. Yeah, they have basically resigned to the fact that they're going to be dealing with this now. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's that weird scene where Katie is sitting there holding the cross. After where she's so, holding it so hard, yeah, like, where it's she's gripping it tight. Palm. It was after they were after after he finds her crying on the floor and they kind of apologize and stuff like that. And then when Mika pulls the cross out of her hand, he sees like blood all over her hand because
1: she was holding it so fucking tight.
0: And you know, then he
1: or it hurt her because it was, she was already possessed. Could go either way.
0: Exactly, and you don't know exactly what it is. Uh, Mika decides in his infinite wisdom to grab this cross... We don't need this shit! ...and burns it in the fireplace. (laughs) Because, yes, the only
1: way to fight an apostate of Satan is getting rid of the one thing that can defend you from it.
0: Yeah, because historically in demon possession movies, the cross is supposed to be something that's supposed to protect you. Which could be part of it is just like, that was like the last gasp for Katie protecting herself. And then Mika might have been the one that inadvertently, like, causes it to just fully infest her at that point.
1: Well, now
0: suddenly I do not feel bad about (laughs) what happens to Mika next. (laughs) Well, yeah, because in the next scene, uh, Mika had, you know, Mika and Katie has been telling him the entire time about how, now it's like, regardless of the fact that it could follow them wherever they are, they just want to go stay at a hotel. And she's cool with it. She actually is all for it. She wants to do it. And then
1: suddenly just switch hits and yep. she's like no we'll be fine let's stay here yeah and but the so, way she says it
0: yeah she goes I think we'll be okay now mhm she, but she says that after Mika leaves and she looks at the camera very quickly and smiles and closes her eyes mm-hmm. but when she says that and I never heard this in the theater I never heard this on video but because I was watching this on my tablet mm-hmm. and I was listening to it in headphones when she says I think it'll be okay now mhm there's a deep voice that's talking with her at the same time.
1: Really interesting. So it's like at that point, Katie's gone. It's gone. It's whatever. Yeah. She she has become Legion.
0: <laughs> yeah. That last night, she wakes up again. She watches him in his bed. The counter start, you know, the ticker speeding starts. up. Yeah. yeah, you're watching the time lapse go. She
1: watches him for like two hours.
0: She then walks down the stairs, and she's now making those loud foot mm-hmm. that are going downstairs. It gets very quiet. Then all of a sudden, she starts screaming his name, Man. as if something is attacking her. Oh, you left the mayonnaise out, <laughs> <laughs> and he bolts out of bed and then just runs downstairs and then when he it's just like this big old like crowd of thing that's happening just there. you just hear like a struggle
1: suddenly it stops and then you hear the fucking footsteps slowly going back up the stairs and you're just waiting and you're fucking waiting and this is what I love is it stops. And you expect something to happen and it doesn't. Yeah. And they, like, they wait a good solid couple seconds and then suddenly Mika's corpse gets thrown through the fucking air, knocks
0: and it, the camera
1: over. Oh my God. Everyone
0: in the theater is screaming. Katie's got blood all over her white, like, tank top. Yep. And then she gets out on the floor and starts crawling towards Mika's body. Mm-hmm. She, like, sniffs him like an animal. And then she looks up at the camera, gets this demonic grin on her face, mm-hmm. and then grabs the, sm- the camera yeah. and fade to black.
1: The smile before the demon face is creepier than
0: the actual demon face. <laughs> yeah. and it's just and and that's and that was the studio ending to that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original festival cut, uh, it ends with Katie killing Mika in the darkness. Mm -hmm. And then you just watch her come back upstairs and she rocks back and forth for like several days.
1: No, that was me in
0: college. Where they show her, I guess her friend comes in and then leaves. And then it just shows her as she's rocking back and forth Like, and the days are going by. Like there's random moments where lights turn on and off Mm -hmm. in the background. Uh, Eventually the police show up. And when the police show up, she seems to kind of snap out of whatever possession that she's in, at least momentarily. But because she's charging at police officers with a weapon, they (laughs) shoot her twice in the stomach and kill her.
1: (laughs) I'm so happy they didn't choose that ending.
0: (laughs) Again, this is one of those movies where studio interference actually made the film all the better. Yeah. Um... And that's Paranormal Activity.
1: And yeah, the real question is, Angel, do you like this movie?
0: I think it's pretty obvious that I liked it. Okay. I think it's pretty obvious that I still like it. And to be totally honest, I know that the series has turned around a scarier chapter. To me, Paranormal Activity 3 is awesome. Paranormal Activity The Marked Ones is awesome. This was a movie that to me, like I it should have been standalone. Mm-hmm. It would have been perfectly fine being the way it is, but the sequels are surprisingly effective. Well, they have some good sequels. Yeah, I think part 4 is not good. I don't like part 4. And Which one was part 4? It's the one where uh, it's the it's, girl in the it's the, basic, the
1: babysitter, right? Yeah. It's about the girl. That, so I did watch that one. So Ghost Dimensions is stupid
0: as I think it is. Yeah, uh, part 4 was the one where they had the Xbox Live Yeah, that was the big gimmick of it. Yeah, it's just, you know, it gets a little hokey, but it's got more good chapters than bad ones.
1: Yeah, I mean which is surprising. (laughs) But Uh. still
0: I think this movie will always be a classic to me just because every single time that I watch it I'll remember my first experience watching it. So, absolutely, see this movie. It's Halloween time. It's been ten years since it came out. It's super simple to get into. Watch it.
1: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> now nah, this is where it's weird, because I'm super on the fence between liking it and not liking it. I liked it my first time I watched it. It definitely is not one of those movies that really holds up for multiple rewatches. It's kind of like, it's one of those things, it's like once you watch it once twice maybe three times after it's not a movie you can find yourself going back to you know it's not really a movie that um that definitely holds up it's kind of like a sausage party actually the guy that recommended this one of our viewers <laughs> what? yeah 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 motherfucker i'm making that i'm making so one of the viewer that recommended this uh thank you viewer i mean viewer listener <laughs> The guy that recommended this, when I remember I was talking to him about Sausage Party, he said, you can only watch Sausage Party once because of the crazy, hilarious fucking ending, right? But after that, it loses its value because you've already seen the joke once. It's the same thing here. The, the Like, yeah, I think, like we were talking about, this movie does is really effective at creating ambiances, but at the end of the day, it's like... How many times can you really go through the haunted house and still be scared by it? You know what I'm saying. Um, but that being said, if this was a standalone film, I think I would have loved it a lot more. I think I like it enough. I like it enough that I'd want. You know, I'll watch it during Halloween. I'm not gonna go out of my way too much to watch it. What's your favorite one in the series? In this one, like, or I mean, in Paranormal Activity, it's this one, really. After this, I would say three. Actually, I would go in the order you just said. One, three marked ones. <laughs> like, yep. like, I felt the three was really cool. It does give you a lot of depth, especially the fact that you know the oscillating fan camera was really cool. It had one of the best scares I've seen with the freaking the the bedsheet, right? Yep. Um, this one, but same thing. Like as I was talking about it, there was a lot of times I do get excited about this movie. Like, don't get me wrong. I like them enough. I like them enough that I'll watch them, but I definitely can't see myself coming back to them every year, yeah. you know. There's a reason I the last time I saw this was when I was fucking 10 years ago, you know. But yeah, definitely it's worth watching. Everyone should experience it because just because of those it's also one of those movies that it really captures a Zeitgeist of 2006 to 2009. Uh, it was one of those movies that had a large, like, cultural impact, in my opinion, especially for people that were in their, like, late teens, early 20s. Um, you know, it was our Blair Witch, you know? And I think that was the the coolest part of it, is that I got to be a part of that hype.
0: Yeah. Um, So we'd like to thank everybody for joining us, uh, listening to this episode. Um, We really appreciate everyone continuing to follow the show, continuing to give us feedback on uh, multiple social media platforms. And please leave us reviews on iTunes uh, or, you know, wherever you can possibly leave us reviews so that you can spread the word about the show. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking about John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, fuck yeah! So we'll be heading into the 1980s, and I'm very excited to get into that. Sorry for making all these excited noises. So, thank you for joining us for this episode, and we'll talk to you guys next week. I'm Angel. Oh, I'm Javi. Later,